Hello and welcome to Everything's All Right, a bi-monthly podcast for authors and writers with tips, tricks, and challenges to level up your writing skills. I am A.S. Lewis, your host, guide, and guru for all things word-related. I'm a published science fiction and fantasy author, a published nonfiction author, and a fan fiction enthusiast, which means I'm also a really big nerd. For the past several years, I've been writing everything from multi-million dollar grant proposals, to sci-fi novels, to ghostwriting for national leaders and politicians, to spoken word poetry, and anything and, well, everything in between. And I'm here to help you improve your writing, no matter what type of writing that is. And who doesn't want to get better? So let's get right to it. Welcome to the latest Everything's Alright podcast. Today's episode is all about word choice. Specifically, which words you use, which words you don't, and the why and when of it all. Words. We have so many of them at our disposal. I mean, dictionaries and thesauruses are literally books that list all the words available to you. But how do you know which word to choose? Which word is best for your sentence, paragraph, chapter, story? Unfortunately, there is no true right or wrong answer to that question. But there are choices that are more right or more wrong, and it is that spectrum that should be your guide. So what are the determining factors in that spectrum? To my mind, there are four major indicators that should dictate the words you choose to use in your writing. They are connotation, denotation, tone, and mood. Let's look at each one individually. Connotation and denotation are two sides of the same lexical coin. Connotation refers to the emotional and value-based weight given to a word, whereas denotation is simply the mechanical dictionary definition of that word. For example, the words unintelligent and stupid mean essentially the same thing, but the words feel different. Stupid feels far harsher and critical, while unintelligent could have a more clinical or detached touch to it. Let's try another example. Is something old, antique, vintage, or outdated? Technically, these words share the same denotative meanings, but where old and outdated have negative connotations associated with them, antique and vintage are far more positive. You don't want an old car, but a vintage one is considered cool. Tone and mood are often treated as synonyms or otherwise conflated as literary terms, but they really are quite different. Tone refers to the attitude of the writer to a work or the subject matter of that work. The writer's attitude or feelings toward a story might be romantic or cynical. They may be bleak or cheery. It could be nostalgic or solemn. It can be any of the feelings a writer may have that carry over into that work, and in doing so, dictate the words chosen. These choices are often made subconsciously, but the really good writers make these decisions consciously. 
Mood is different in that it reflects the story's emotional feel, not the author's. It can pull from the same well of emotional options that tone derives from, romantic, cynical, bleak, etc. But the mood of a story is found in the atmosphere of the story, and that atmosphere is created through word choice. Take, for example, Jonathan Swift's A Modest Proposal. If you are unfamiliar with the piece, you should check it out. It's one of my favorites, mostly because of the tone and mood utilized. But to give it a little context, A Modest Proposal is a satirical piece that suggests to the poor people of Ireland the solution to the problem of overpopulation and economic hardship is for poor families to sell small children and orphans to the meat market. That way they can be eaten, thereby lowering the population and the number of mouths to feed in a household and generating a new income from your new child meat sales. Horrible, right? But it's a satire. It's a joke of sorts. It's an outrageous commentary of a very serious issue. Swift's tone is satirical and humorous. The mood of the piece is formal and serious. So you might first think, how can an author's tone be funny but the mood be serious? Well, that's one reason A Modest Proposal is seen as such a wonderful piece, because Swift manages to marry the two so effortlessly. Let me read to you a few excerpts from the piece. It is a melancholy object to those who walk through this great town or travel in the country when they see the streets, the roads, and cabin doors crowded with beggars of the female sex, followed by three, four, or six children, all in rags and importuning every passenger for an alms. These mothers, instead of being able to work for their honest livelihood, are forced to employ all their time in strolling to beg sustenance for their helpless infants who, as they grow up, either turn thieves for want of work or leave their dear native country to fight for the pretender in Spain or sell themselves to Barbados. The question, therefore, is how this number shall be reared and provided for which, as I have already said, under the present situation of affairs, is utterly impossible by all methods hitherto proposed. I shall now, therefore, humbly propose my own thoughts, which I hope will not be liable to the least objection. I have been assured by a very knowing American of my acquaintance in London that a young, healthy child, well-nursed, is, at a year old, a most delicious, nourishing, and wholesome food, whether stewed, roasted, baked, or boiled, and I make no doubt that it will equally serve in fricassee or ragoust. It continues on from there to suggest uh, uses and further recipes and prices for this new market of child-specific cannibalism, all delivered with the dry tones of an accomplished politician or academic. However, because it is delivered so dryly, the actual words come across all the more absurd, creating a surreal mood to the text despite its humorous tone. All of this means that together, connotation, denotation, tone, and mood should influence which word you choose. But the connection may be hard to see in the abstract. Let's look at a few practical examples together in our tips and tricks section coming up.
Here is a simple exercise to help clarify how you can make more conscious word choices in your writing. Take the following sentence about a car accident. The red car moved down the highway and hit the blue truck. Now how might we change a few words to make the accident sound more violent and catastrophic? We could substitute moved for sped and hit for smashed into. The red car sped down the highway and smashed into the blue truck. That sentence has a completely different feel, doesn't it? It changes the mood of the story into something more dramatic simply by noticing the difference in connotations and denotations of moved versus sped and hit versus smash. We can change the mood again by switching out those same words for others with different connotations but the same or similar denotations. The red car plodded down the highway and bumped the blue truck. This version, while technically saying the same thing, is less dramatic to the point of near humor. Now that you have an idea of how to best choose your words based on the tone or mood you want, let's put our pens where our words are and take on a challenge. Here is your bi-weekly wordsmith challenge. For this episode's bi-weekly challenge, take the following sentences and change some of the words to convey the tone or mood identified in parentheses. Dwayne goes slowly down the corridor. Fearful. Dwayne goes slowly down the corridor. Humorous. Dwayne goes slowly down the corridor. Formal. Dwayne goes slowly down the corridor. Cheery. And Dwayne goes slowly down the corridor gloomy. Once you've done that, you can send it to me at aslewisbooks at gmail.com. The best examples will be highlighted in a future episode and posted on the website. And speaking of the best examples, here is last episode's winner for the chapter ending challenge. Brady G. Chapter 1. Number 1. Introduce main character Jack and Tyson. 2. Discover the dead body of ex-girlfriend Mary. 3. Begin to lock down the crime scene. The chapter will end on a quote CSI-like quip about crime. This example was perfect. Congratulations Brady and keep up the good work. Remember, if you send in your work, it could be you featured on another episode of the podcast. And if you don't want to share your work, that's okay too. The important thing is that you're writing and trying something new. That's how writing gets better. 
Even if you hate what you wrote, I promise you the practice will pay off. If you've enjoyed the show and would like to hear more, please click subscribe so you never miss an episode. Keep writing and remember, everything's all right. <laughs>